When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host Chris Breffitt. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, it's a great day to be playing MC. P. Still riding that high after Warfare Weekend. We had the recent uh, Shatterpoint announcement by Atomic Mass. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Same scale as MCP, so natural fit. That's got me hyped. I have been on a hobbying tear lately. Great. Decimating my models that need to be assembled. And then I'll be moving on to the group priming shortly. But yeah, man. Things are moving. How are you? Doing really good. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming up with LVO and things like that. So I've got a lot of models that need to be done as well. If I want to play some new characters and keep working on my X-Men list and I'm, and very much so I'm back in the X-Men season. Uh, The shield season is over for now. Fully back in the X-Men season, prepping for LVO. It's been really fun playing models like Colossus, like Cable and X-Men, you know, just trying stuff. And a lot of it's actually working. It's been really fun. That's awesome. That is super exciting to hear. I'm very excited to, you know, kind of chop that up with you at some point on the podcast. But Jesse, that's not what we have in store for today. No, not at all. We're back in our Criminal Syndicate series. It's been a little bit because we had some Warfare Weekend coverage and some other things come up, but we are back continuing this path on the Criminal Syndicate, knocking out the rest of the characters we've not done on the podcast. 
And it's fun because I say criminal syndicate, but you know, today's a unique episode because we've got this is something that comes up a lot. Um, a lot of these characters are criminal syndicate and cabal dual affiliated, which makes a lot of sense. Omega Red is the topic today. And of course, he is in both of those teams. And I don't know, I've been really looking forward to this episode for a while. Shout out to Sean out there, who big Omega Red fan. We're going to get him on the After Dark talking about some Omega Red. It will be a continuation of this episode. But yeah, I've just been looking forward to this day for quite some time. He's a fun character. I really like his place in the game. Uh, I like the way he plays on the table. Uh, his lore is about everything you'd expect it to be, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll yeah. chop it up. We'll 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 dive in. Absolutely iconic character design, though. Honestly, right? Marvel continuing with this sort of trend that we always have on the show. We always talk about, but you know, it always seems really a major part of some of these villains that aren't a lister villains. Someone like Mega Meta, who definitely isn't a, a lister villain, but his design is so good, his power set's so good that kind of keeps them going throughout the years and they kind of show up when they need to, like when it serves the story. But most of the time, he's just a foil to a lot of these X Men characters that we like, but he's not quite a Magneto or something where he's actually driving plot points and, and stories, right? Major plot I think plot he had a chance to be. He came around at the wrong time. That mid nineties, and we'll talk about that during Laura. I'm assuming, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you first see his design and adjectiveless X Men. You know, Jim Lee and and Byrne. Even in issue one, uh, his first appearance is going to be in issue four. But that is obviously, you know, the highest selling comic of all time. <laughs> it really, I mean, <laughs> Omega Red came around when the comic collecting bubble was in the process of bursting and he i mean awesome character but i just don't think he ever got traction because of that fact yeah and there was a lot going on with comics at that time too which obviously contributed this culture always matters and i don't know i think he's remained though chris because of his design so yeah he didn't come out swinging at first but then he's a character marvel's returned to over the years which i find very interesting he's a main player in the x-men cartoon He's I mean, a main player with Wolverine, you know. Yeah, of uh, course. And that's the that's the biggest thing he has going for him, I think. That's is the glue. That he is a long-term villain of Wolverine's. Uh his first appearance, even uh, like Wolverine alludes to him as, you know, someone he's known before. So he has pre-established lore and he's tied deeply deeply to Wolverine, one of Marvel's biggest characters, biggest Absolutely. IPs. So Omega Red's going to come back again and again and again just because of that fact. And I'm okay with it. I am too. Yeah, and he's he's a big part of Logan's story. So obviously he means a lot to me in that way. And also, as you just said, because Logan's a mainstay of Marvel, because he is a moneymaker of Marvel, because he's so rich in his history and his stories, Omega Red will never die, really. I mean, he'll never be lost from the canon. He's always going to have a place in some point because he's got a place in Logan's story. And they're not exactly gonna, they're not gonna <laughs> dry that well. So but we're gonna get to more of this lore. It seems like we've already started a lore discussion, but we've got some business to attend to. <laughs> Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us, which gets you access to our Discord community and also helps the show continue. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have a very special shout out to LJP. 
Thank you so much for your support. Another Legion shout out here. LJ is a major player and cog in the Legion competitive community and wheel and organizer. And he does a thousand things for that community. And it's super awesome to see LJ joining us here in Marvel Christ Protocol. We appreciate it, man. And we've had some good discussions with LJ on the Discord. So thank you, LJ. Chris, we could not do this show without our Avenger producers. Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you, Avengers. Thanks, guys. All right, Chris, let's get into Omega Red lore. Jesse, before we were so rudely interrupted by ourselves, as we were saying, uh, Omega Red's place in Marvel is forever tied with the X-Men, forever tied with wolverine to be specific uh much in the way saber tooth is but less you know he's not as popular as saber tooth and probably never will be that's okay as well but who is omega red more than his place outside of the page who is he on the page okay arkady rosevich is a soviet serial killer and that's who he is <laughs> and we'll 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 get into that Arcady is going to have his first appearance in comics, as I said a little bit earlier, in X-Men Volume 2, number 4, published November of 91. He's created by John Byrne and Jim Lee. Um, a really interesting era of X-Men comics to go back and read. The art's crazy. And, you know, Jim Lee's not there for long, folks, so enjoy what you get. Yeah. <laughs> but he had to go over and do Spawn, right? He had to go over and start Image Comics. So... Arkady Gregorovich Rosevich, otherwise known as Omega Red, not a lot known about his past. He is born in Soviet Russia. What we do know for sure that he is a serial killer. Death would follow him wherever he went, whatever small town he was in, people would disappear. Or another account of it is folks disappearing uh, while he's in the army, you know, kind of on base you know, serial killer type guy. And he, of course, punished for this and put to death. And this is when his mutant power is going to manifest. His healing factor will manifest when he takes a bullet to the head and survives. He will be taken by the KGB and put into the Russian, you know, we don't need to buy Captain America. We've got Captain America at home, super soldier program. That's right. His healing factor, of course, would allow him to survive these experiments and kind of transition. Uh, they would give him some carbonadium tentacles, a, mm -hmm. a synthesizer, a C synthesizer on his body, uh, which would kind of give him these Dr. Octopus-like manipulatable tentacles yep. that could also drain a, uh, a target's life force. And of course, carbonadium is not as good as adamantium. It is just a little bit toxic. Once again, the healing factor is what allows Omega Red to endure this as well as when he's in possession of the C synthesizer or controller, as it were, would kind of keep this radiation toxicity at bay. But now let's talk about what we know about Omega Red. Let's talk about him coming in to Marvel Comics, his first appearance. Now, in the lead-up in his first appearance, and these a lot of stories are going to be told in, in later issues after his first appearance, he's going to have 
a history with Wolverine and a history with the hand, oddly enough. Yeah. You know, starting in, in the 60s, he will be eventually put on ice, frozen, hidden. And this is where the hand is going to come in to play. They're going to find him. They're going to unfreeze him and, and returning him to life. And of course, for this, Omega Red would be subservient to the hand and the hand's leader at the time, Matsuo Sarayaba. And this is when he's he's going to make his first appearance. He's going to attack the X-Men. He's going to fight them off. He's going to kidnap Wolverine. I think it's important to note here, when Omega Red engages with the X-Men, he wins. It takes a full team to stop this man. And, you know, he's not an Omega-level mutant, despite Omega being in his name, of course. But he is a tough, tough dude. His mutant power, aside from the healing factor, is going to be something called death spores. And because of these, it takes someone almost with a healing factor even to be around him when he's putting these things off. Any normal human being just inhaling a, a single breath of these death spores and you're gone. And of course, that's going to empower him because he's some kind of you know, almost like a psychic vampire, uh, a vampire of sorts, but with life force, not the blood sucking kind. He's, he's he's a guy that's got a lot going on. He's got a lot of powers and he is a bad, bad dude. Yeah. And it kind of feeds his serial killer past, right? Because just like a vampire, in order to stay at full energy levels and full strength, he has to drain the life force of people on a regular basis to sustain Absolutely. himself like like food. Okay, give me one second. I th uh, now, I think it is notable in this first story, Omega Red is kind of established as this kind of globe-hopping supervillain. He's wanted by many international law agencies. Interpol uh, has Banshee after him. Of course, uh, he has some run-ins with Wolverine and Team X. Maverick, of course, would be showing up there. Hmm. Most of these stories happening in the mid-90s, especially early on, the iconic Omega Red stories, you're going to get a lot of Maverick because they were really trying to make him work back in these days. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. With his kidnapping of Wolverine, it becomes apparent what Omega Red is after, and he's after the carbonadium synthesizer. And this device was stolen from him by Wolverine, Maverick, and Sabretooth during an aforementioned Team X mission, their last mission as Team X, as a matter of fact. And this is the synthesizer that makes Omega Red even more powerful. We talked about it a little bit earlier. But thankfully, of course, his plans would be foiled, and he would kind of go on ice for a little bit. But of course, Matsuo and the Hand are going to revive him again, and he's going after Wolverine again. He will be defeated, of course, and then he's going to quickly transition into appearing in an Iron Man story uh, with the female version of Modok, Modam, almost as a side character, but uh, you know they were really kind of testing his legs here, you know, seeing where all he could fit, seeing where, how much he could drive some sales 
And after this, Omega Red is going to show up in a Cable storyline. Cable battling the Acolytes. Cable would have to team up with these Acolytes to defeat Omega Red. But of course, Omega Red would be defeated. This is Omega Red, Jesse. He's going to show up. He's going to be an absolute psychopath. He's going to wreck some stuff. And then they're going to stop him. This is uh, how he's used for most of the 90s. I don't know. He, Like I said earlier, he never really caught on like he kind of should have. I know that folks of our, you know, kind of our age remember him yeah. so fondly because of X-Men Volume 2, number one, and the 92, X-Men 92 cartoon series. But uh, as far as, you know, moving comics and, and moving, you know, being a big seller and being a mainstay big bad in Marvel. He just never really took off. And it's kind of unfortunate, I think. Yeah. It's something that happens in Marvel a lot, right? Sometimes characters take a backseat for a while or they don't just take off, like you said. But him being a foil to Wolverine helps him. Oh, it absolutely does. He's going to even show up during the House of M event uh, with Wolverine. Of course, Wolverine won't even have his healing factor for this one. Uh, but thanks to the Black Widow and, you know, one of your favorite new MCP characters, uh, Dum Dum Duggan of, uh, <laughs> Howling Commandos of Fury Senior and the Howling Commandos. It's true. I think you've, you've been running them a lot in your shield list, haven't you? Almost every game. Yeah, for sure. Mm, love it. Love it. So this is just going to go to show again, uh, Omega Red, where they're trying, they're really trying to make him work. We're, we're throwing him now in with the. Black Widow, he's kidnapping Jubilee. We've got Shield. I mean, the Black Widow stuff's cool. You got the Spetnaz training. You got Red Room. Oh, stuff. absolutely. I mean, you yeah. do have Red Room things, and this is going to play in. And it, it just kind of he spans a lot of stuff, but he never, like I said, he just never catches on. Um, Wolverine, Colossus, and Nightcrawler are going to be the next group to defeat him. And you just named three of my favorite characters. I know, man. Well, and one of them, I am just absolutely on pins and needles to get an MCP. Mm-hmm. Same. You know, this is this is just going to be Omega Red. But there is a little bit of good news, Jesse. You know, there's been a big, big renaissance with the X Men here in the re- with the recent Hickman era. And yes, folks, I know I'm just absolutely glossing over a lot of his history here. But I think it's a little more important to talk about his position in comics, kind of what he represents more so than just reliving every time he's defeated. Although it is notable that we are glossing over a wild child appearance and I love wild child. So more lately with the Krakoa stuff, he's showing up a little bit more. We've got a little bit of vampire nation uh, affiliation here you know of course we've recently had the x lives of wolverine uh wrap up being one of wolverine's main antagonists let's not forget jesse that while wolverine was in hell and everyone that he'd ever killed faced him one-on-one omega red was heavily featured Always. i mean this is this is the man wolverine fought for 17 hours straight so of Insane. course, of course, he's going to show up in the latest, you know, 
who what is wolverine what is his past that marvel is doing and i love it i i can't wait to read it just to be honest well we're about to talk more about his powers i think one of his biggest features is yes he's a wolverine villain that's why he comes up a lot but it's like we haven't really touched on it fully chris but he's one of the well he's one of the few people that gives wolverine a genuinely hard time and wolverine can't like beat him like it's like it's a pretty even match omega red wins that one-on-one Almost Often. every time. It's yeah. just because Wolverine doesn't ever stop. That's a superpower. I mean, power. that's his healing fa- factor. That's that's his, yeah, that's what makes him Wolverine is he never stops. But, yeah, and agree. it's also the power of friendship, Jesse. Never forget that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wolverine can't do it alone, but with the power of a team, he can. Yes. And Omega Red just doesn't work well with others. I think yeah. his power, the death spores really illustrate that. I think that is really part of what makes Omega red. Omega red is that he won't trust anyone. Won't work with anyone. Hates everyone, you know, wants to restart the, the Soviet union and with him at the head, the uh, rule <laughs> with an iron fist. Yeah. Uh, when he does work with others, he either chooses people as scuzzy as him or even scuzzier. So he gets backstabbed or does the backstabbing. I mean, look, the man's, the man's, one of the man's main superpowers is that anyone around him dies. So, yeah, kind of makes sense. It's like the humans versus mutant thing turn on its head in a really bad way. It's like he really does hate the world because, I mean, he can't even really be around anyone, you know? Like, there's a level of isolation with his mutant powers, but also... Let's not forget that he's a serial killer even before his powers manifested. Yeah, he was already living that out before he was yes, a mutant. Yeah, he absolutely from was. society by choice, by actions. But it's just an interesting exploration of the mutant question that we have with every character and and the mutant universe, right? Where it's That's like, why I love the X-Men so much. Yeah, how is this philosophical thing... What does he represent? Yeah, what does this character yeah. represent? Because the, they're all different, right? Like they all have Absolutely. isolation and they all have ostracization in different ways. And obviously yeah, right. Wolverine's like a couple bad days away from potentially being a, an Omega Red. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's another reason why they make such good foils for each other. So Jesse, we've kind of gone at this lore section a little bit out of order from normal because of our kind of preemptive talk. <laughs> yeah. We got into lore a little early. So I don't necessarily want to double back, but I think with how the conversation has unfolded, I think now is the right time to talk officially about Omega Red's powers. He is a very powerful mutant. His death spores, the, the power, his death factor, anyone in the vicinity that breathes these in, they're just dead or incapacitated in seconds. It takes yep. almost no time at all. And of course, recently with his resurrection, you'll have to read more uh, with the more recent Hickman stuff for this one. But it seems that he's been powered up even more. So the tentacles are stronger. They're moving more freely, but he's not always emitting his death pheromone. Uh, That seems to be a recent change, but we'll see. I I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, He's also a life force Absorber, I think Rogue probably fits into this category as well. Yeah, the umbrella of that. Yeah, I, I think Omega Red uh, himself put it very succinctly and put it very well when he said, 
if you feel bad, I feel good. Mm. And that's just the way he works. That's the way he is. His tentacles, of course, uh, speed this up. But just being around people, he kind of he can kind of turn it on, turn it off a little bit to an extent. But the tentacles really, really, really get it going. Of course, like many yeah. many mutants, he he's superhuman strength, superhuman stamina, durability, agility, reflexes. And he does have this healing factor that we've mentioned several, several times. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it is to the level of Wolverines or Deadpools. No. But he is, I don't know, man. He's fairly inevitable when it comes to, he's just, if he set his mind to it, Omega Red's going to bust through that wall at some point and kidnap Wolverine, you know, just because he's decided he's going to do it. Uh, he is that level of powerful. Thankfully for the X-Men, he is not the smartest cookie in the toolbox. Well, let's also not forget, Chris, you mentioned all these great powers and all these great attributes of him being a mutant, which obviously just make him so powerful, but he's got the training to back it up too. He's got years of training, uh, Spetnaz training, Bingo. Red Room training. He's got obviously a lot of combat experience and He's a big dude. He's ripped too, you know? So yeah, like he's there's, massive. There, so there's a lot of things that are, if he didn't even have the death spur virus, if he didn't even have these Doc Ock like tentacles, if he didn't even have some of the elements of his suit and his healing factor, he's still a very trained and scary individual that is a serial killer. So he's a very scary enemy for the X-Men and frequently, and this is obviously one of the major points we're going to talk about with the nineties cartoon, he doesn't show up a ton in the cartoon, but when he does, dude, it's so awesome. He wrecks the whole team. Like, he manhandles everybody. Yeah. Like storm. I mean, Scott, like I think in the first episode he shows up in, he manhandles Colossus Wolverine. And I think there's a third storm? there might be storm, but he just manhandles all of them while he kidnaps a young pre-powered Ileana Rasputin. Yep. And it's just magic. Yeah. It just dominates man. Like they just can't stop him. It was storm and it took uh, what the, she, she did like a polar vortex yeah, to stop him. him. Cause that's the only thing that he's <laughs> he just gotta put him been on able ice. to stop him is put him on ice, cryogenically freeze him. What a cool character design. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And there's interesting plot points on the show too, without giving too far into spoilers or lore, but it's like, Dark Star is part of his story in the show. Yes. Um, obviously, Ileana and and Magic and, and of course, her older brother, Colossus, major parts of his story. And it's really interesting that they explore this in the show. And he's such a memorable villain in the show. And they also show the rivalry between him and Logan, which interesting sides of a coin here, Chris. This is a very different rivalry from the one him and Sabretooth have, but also similar. You know? And Sabretooth even plays a role in in this rivalry. Uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth have united against Omega Red. Omega Red and Sabretooth have united against Wolverine. It's just crazy. Kind of little little love triangle going on. And <laughs> I mean, Omega Red and Wolverine are not on the same level as Sabretooth and Wolverine because it's true love to, yeah. to seek a man out every year on his birthday to just pummel the the living heck out of him <laughs> every right year without fail yeah. yeah that's a different level of commitment that omega red has not shown to logan so would you say it's a blind obsession jesse definitely a blind obsession yeah uh they definitely omega red just without wolverine it's just you know who is he i don't know 
<laughs> just a good villain for the X-Men to fight as a team that they usually lose to. Yeah. Logan's pivotal in his story, you know, and I love it. Logan's pivotal in my story. Well, yeah. And they're just, they're a great duo. It's true. Iconic designs that this, this tiny little Wolverine that never gives up the massively yeah. gifted, just the might of the Soviet union behind him. That's right. It's, it's good stuff. It's a good story. Uh, you even get the hand in here. And that's part of his training too. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Just, he has it's like cool. Ninjago training on top of all this other stuff he's done. Well, and and you've got Banshee and right. you know intertwining in his story as well. He's just he's a character that has been all over the place. And I mean, really, you should read some of the more recent stuff that's going on with him. Some interesting things happen in the uh Age of X-Men storyline, the Krakoa stuff, which Age of X-Men is part of Krakosa, but yeah. It's cool. They brought him back and they've been using him well and it's it's Good. it's neat. I need to I need to read all of it myself. I'm a little behind, but so you know, it's it's on the list here uh, after doing my research for for this episode. Yeah, every th- every time we do a new mutant or mutant adjacent episode, Chris and Krakoa comes up, I'm like, I get get caught up on Krakoa mm-hmm. stuff because there's a lot going on and it's all good for the most part. So well, depends on who you talk to. <laughs> I sure. I like it though, you know, subjective art form. Yeah, definitely. Well, that leads us to appearances in the MCU today, and he has none yet. Now there was a big rumor that he was gonna show up. Right. But he never Falcon did. Winter Soldier never did. But also like there's the weirdness of like, you know, Whiplash being an Iron Man too, obviously a different character, but you know, design silhouette, very similar, very yeah. strange. Russian. You know the MCU does. Like sometimes they they take creative liberties and maybe they were inspired a little bit by Omegred when they did, you know, Mickey Rourke's Whiplash and Iron Man 2. But one can hope we will get Omega Red in the MCU one day, but not yet. So, Chris, that leads us to comic book recommendations from you about Omega Red. I don't have anything just mind blowing with Omega Red. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't. Just read adjectiveless uh, X Men. Just read uh, start at, at one issue number one and read through that first uh, storyline uh, with Omega Red. Uh, he's going to appear in issue four, so get through read one through six, and then keep going if you're interested. Uh, and if mm. you're not, you know, just know that you did a good thing by reading that Jim Lee X Men goodness and. Uh, reading a little bit of uh, important comic history that you now know uh, on the page and off it. Couldn't agree more. Excellent. All right, Chris, well, we got to talk about Omega Red and Marvel Crisis Protocol because he's a fun piece and we got a lot to say today. I'm very excited to have have you school me on uh, Arcadi today, Jesse. I'll do my best. So his name is Omega Red. His alter ego is Arkady Gregorovich Rosovich, and he is a four-threat model. So on his healthy side, he has a stamina of six. And on his injured side, he has a stamina of six. He's a medium-based model with a short move. He's a size three model. His defenses are three physical, three energy, four mystic. He's got those same defenses as that Ursa Major Bear and a lot of those Winter Guard. He's He's pretty basic, Chris. I mean, the short move... Always something that's mildly scary in MCP, right? But yep, medium base gets around that. And we've got several of these medium base short movers in the game now, and I think people know how to play them. And I think they are harder to play at first because you essentially have to play them correctly during turn zero. But if you can play them correctly during turn zero, the Colossuses, the Omega Reds, the Venoms of the world, you know, even the Ursa Majors, the Crimson Dynamos, as long as you put them where they needed to be, that round one is the only issue. 
you know, and it's getting to where you want to be. And then the rest of the game, you're going to be where you want to be with that slower character. Now, I find that he's a short mover, thematically kind of cool. It is. I think we touched on that. What I mean, the saying is Thanos is inevitable, but I, I just love that that using that descriptor for any character that is just so big and so strong and so unstoppable that they're just going to you just see him walking towards you three miles away and they just don't stop no matter how hard you run no matter how big the wall you erect is they're just they're gonna walk right through it yeah it's kind of that jason Voorhees effect where it's like yeah man great call just unstoppable force but no rush to get there you know and they're going to get you. But look, we got to get into his attacks because a lot of his kit really is in his superpowers and the way you play him. So his first attack is a physical attack called the Carbonanium Coils. It's range three, strength of five, power cost of zero. Pretty basic strike here, but range three is nice. After this attack is resolved, Omega Red gains power equal to the damage dealt. He also has an innate ability of drain life. It just happens every time you perform this attack. Very awesome. cool. After the attack is resolved, if the attack dealt damage, so you do need to deal damage, Omega Red removes one damage from itself so it's like healing factor not quite because you have to perform attacks to do it but very cool i think it's really thematically neat i love that you don't have to trigger it off a wild you just have to get damage through with a five dice builder not always guaranteed no but for the most part you will get one damage through yeah and these little pings of damage which then give you a small healing factor these can really add up in the game because we mentioned up top but we didn't do dive into it but no we will now he's 12 health which is pretty sizable in mcp but really is he 12 health or is he more than 12 he's he's more than 12 health it's kind of like a healing factor characters the health is kind of intangible because you can have a bad game with healing factor character where they maybe get healing factor off only twice but that's still a higher number than their base kit health or you can have other games with healing factor character where they always heal every round every round Mm -hmm. of the game and Mega Red's very similar. If he's double striking, of course, it's like giving him healing factor too, in a way. So that is making this health different. And it's also making him a little bit more viable on his front side because he's going to stay healthy longer if you're playing him right. And you're going to cancel out all those injured characters on the secures. Very important for a Kingpin Criminals list. That's right. Jesse, his next attack is the Red Terror. It is a physical attack, range three. Strength of seven, going to cost you four power. Before choosing a target, Omega Red chooses whether this attack is physical or energy. I like that. There's a lot of characters that are susceptible to energy. Being able Mm -hmm. to flip, you know, more options is better. Uh, On a wild, you will trigger absorbing essence. Change one of the defending characters crit, wild, or block result to a skull. Omega Red gains one power for each die changed in this way. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, it makes the spender cost less, in theory, you know? I mean, it just... It's a pierce that gains you power. I mean, it's strictly better than pierce. Yeah, it is. Right, because you're just... For pierce, you're looking for the wild either way, right? So it's we're still looking for the wild here. And, you know, you get a power back, so it's like the spender, spender costs three. You don't, not often do you no. have spenders that almost never are yeah. going to give you power. That's that's a rarity in this game. So already his kit is doing something a little out of the ordinary, even if it is kind of subtle. It's very subtle and it's unique. And you know, spenders are always tough because they're hard to pull off power wise, um, especially if you're not taking damage. You know, it's a, it's a double edged sword. But if he flips, obviously he's gonna have some spenders ready to go and deal a bunch of damage, hopefully, and and get some more power back, which is cool because if he did flip, 
and you could afford two spenders, and then maybe you get some two, you get two power from those two spenders. Then some of these superpowers are online, or maybe they were even online before because maybe you're at 10 power when you flipped. So something to think about on his backside a lot more than his front side. It's a decent spender. Um, seven dice is fine for four. We talk about this all the time. And I also like the consistency, Chris, of his kit, that both of his attacks are range three. You don't have to play a certain way to get off the spender that's only a range two or or yeah. something like that. Keeps it clean for you as the player because he has so much interesting stuff going on with superpowers that it's going to tax your brain more than these attacks. So let's get into those superpowers. The first one is an active superpower. It is Death Factor. It will cost you two power to use. Omega Red and enemy characters within range two of Omega Red with the poison special condition suffer two damage in the order of your choosing. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Now, we don't usually do this, Jesse, but I'm going to go ahead and skip forward to an innate superpower that is going to play with Death Factor very, very well, and this is Death Spores. Right. Enemy characters that end their activation within range 2 of Omega Red gain the poison special condition. Additionally, at the end of Omega Red's activation, enemy characters within range 2 of Omega Red gain the poison special condition. So you're going to sit on a secure, draw everybody in. <laughs> Look, man, that's that's powerful on a flank, being it able is. to just deal two auto pings to everyone around you. Yeah, I mean, this is why his attacks don't do much damage, right? They had to rein right. him in somehow because he's got... Because he's only a four threat. Well, that and just he's got one of the best things in the game, which is damage your opponent cannot roll defense dice against, right? There's some hoops you have to jump through to get there. They have to have poison. So, okay, so the way the poison reads is when they end their activation by you, they get poison. And when you end your activation by them, they get poison. So the death factor is never going to trigger on that first instance, you know? It's going right. to be... You either gave them poison or they gave themselves poison by getting close to Omega Red, very thematic. And then the next turn, you're going to pop the trigger on the death factor. You're going to, pull, right. you're going to blow up that bomb. So there's a balance to it. And there is knowledge between you and your opponent to when it's going to happen. But okay, those are the things you have to do. And that's obviously a fun mini game to play all game with Omega Red. But two guaranteed auto damage of every character within two. I mean, even this only gets one character and they're, they've got two health left. It's better than like performing attacks against them because you're not rolling dice. Like it's it's high level MCP in that way because you're not having to worry about that. Meanwhile, you still got two actions with the Mega Red potential, you know. So it's very cool. But I love it. I, I think it's very cool. And Death Spores is the reason you play this character. Yes. We're just gonna get to his two last couple superpowers that are pretty simple, but they all synergize with this kit and with the poison element of him. He has an active superpower called Ensnare. Cost two, which is very good for this. Push an enemy character within four and in Omega Red's line of sight towards Omega Red medium. Character can be pushed by the superpower only once per turn. So this is Venom's pull, but it does require line of sight. A little bit of a thematic choice here. You know, Venom symbiote can go around the wall. Um, Omega Red has to like visualize his target before he throws the tendril out. But we know how powerful Venom's pull is because you just pull someone medium right so i mean any any dislodging uh, of enemy characters at all in this game is powerful so right uh, not having to do a wild trigger uh for this is powerful don't take an action it being a medium move is powerful range four is powerful there's yep. nothing not powerful about this ability nothing at all yeah line of sight is the only hang up right and so you got your opponent's got to try to hide from him but 
it's also very cool because this is like one of his main reasons you play him, right? Is he's got displacement and he's kind of going to stay around on his secure and he's going to place people from other secures or potentially his secure if you're playing him right. So I find it very cool and continuing with this theme of him kind of being this in immovable tank on secures. He has the carbonanium armor. When Omega Red would suffer damage from an enemy effect, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. So once again, he doesn't have healing factor, but now we've got another thing stapled on his card, which makes his 12 health very deceptively much higher than it is. And we know how good reduction is. It is just, it's one of the best things in the game because it's defense dice are not good innately unless you just get lucky. And this is always a defense dice ready to go. No matter what, on your worst roll, you're always blocking one, you know, and it stacks with your defense dice, you know? So it's awesome. Yeah. It's it's really good. He joins the ranks of the invulnerable characters in the game. So tanky. Yeah. He's he is a beast on the field. Just absolutely. Once again, this is why he doesn't do much damage, Chris, because right. he's got strengths being tanky, being a displacer having quasi healing factor with his drain life on his strikes on top of this innate reduction. So he's just a problem for your opponent, but he's not a yeah. problem on the damage side. You know, he's a problem on the way of like, well, you're not removing me. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not doing a ton of damage, but I'm getting my team to secure, you know? Right. And you've got to do a lot more than 12 damage to him to get him off the table with all his mitigating factors here. Not to mention, he is immune to poison himself. Right. So, you know, that's just another thing going for him. But yeah, the, this character, you throw him on a side point and he just scores you points or denies points for your opponent. If your opponent wants to commit two models to that side point to your one, that's a win in your favor. If your opponent wants to commit more than four threat to your four threat yeah. of Omega Red, that is a win in your favor. He's a solo flanker. Yeah. He sure. is a solo flanker. So, I mean, that that in, a, in and of itself means you can't use him in every matchup and you can't use him on every no. uh, crisis setup. He's more crisis dependent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, him going against a, a team like your shield team, just, you know, he's just going to get kited a, around the field. Sure. Just the whole game. Well, because they're not going to hurt him. If they're right. a good player, they're no, they're no not to probably attack him. But you mentioned poison, Chris, and this is a big part of his kit, and it's a lesser known condition in the game and a lesser condition that shows up from superpowers and from crises. So I'm just going to read it here. The effect of poison is the character with the poison condition loses one power during the power phase. So yes, this means you gain your power and then you lose your power, right? So it... <laughs> That, that comes up with some interactions of the game, but basically you're getting no power during the power phase. And unless you're like as guardian or something and you're getting right. around this a little bit, but then still you're turning off as guardian in a way, like you're making them normal humans. They get normal power. It's more denial. It's more denial, right? It's, it's more control. Yeah. It's just a little bit of tax on everything. It's slowing your opponents down. It's keeping them from being able to use their superpowers as often as consistently. It's good. It's just good. I got to talk about the razor's edge of death factor while we're here, because, you know, death factor does have a downside and it's so mega red takes the damage as well. I think it's obviously a balanced thing and obviously it's thematic too. him taking two damage and you're giving your opponents like four damage or just let's even say like six or eight because you got really lucky. You're going to take that trade every time, especially in conjunction with his strikes, giving him health back. Right. So is one of those scenarios where death factor is much more powerful on Omega red because his strikes 
have a pretty high guarantee of healing him one damage back. So essentially a, a good Omega Red turn is trying to death factor and double strike. And you just negate that damage exactly. you death yourself, right? And on top of that, if you got lucky with some power gain, you can also ensnare somebody, pull them off a point, and then just sit somewhere and just force your opponent to make a decision what they're going to do. Are they going to attack Mega Red? Are they going to waste time doing that? Are they going to send more resources like Chris mentioned? Maybe potentially a three threat and a two threat over there to deal with him. Well, in that situation, you are winning because you have pulled an entire threat away from your opponent's primary team. And even if Mega Red goes down to that three threat and that two threat, he's going to hang on for a long time and hold them there. And then also we've got situations that are very crisis dependent. I think Omega Red really enjoys these C and E maps, of course, because he's a, he's a slow moving character with a short move, but also he doesn't want spread out maps. And as Chris mentioned, he's a really good side holder. It turns out Terrigen Mist is a great place for him because it's a C map with only two points, not even a middle point, and it gives everyone poison. So his death factor is literally on line round two without even people walking into his range necessarily. Gross. And you're ready to do it. So it's super cool to have a character like this that genuinely is an amazing piece just on one crisis. He can obviously do better than just the missed crisis, but it is cool thematically that the crisis that gives out a ton of poison to everyone in the game, he's immune to that poison, and he can also trigger his superpowers that revolve around poison. And he's kind of a specialist for a crisis, and that's something unique to his kit as well. It's super interesting and always guarantees that he's got a place in the game of some sort or another just because of his kit revolving around so much poison. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I think he's a good model. I don't know where he slots in in the competitive meta at the moment, but that's, I mean, not every good model is going to be good in every meta. It doesn't make him bad, just not the right time for him at the moment, possibly. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, and he's better now than he's ever been for a couple of reasons, for, which we'll get to in team affiliations coming up. But he does have one tactics card that we're going to talk about before you move on to his affiliations. And that is the Carbonanium Synthesizer. You know, something Chris talked about a lot. This this discussion, it's unaffiliated and active. So that, of course, means you can bring it on any team that Omega Red's on, even if he's not affiliated with that team. Omega Red may play this card. Remove all conditions from Omega Red. Omega Red removes one damage and gains one power for each special condition removed this way. It's his own little children of the atom. Yep. But some healing on top of that, you know, which is great. It's cool. If you really love Omega Red, you're bringing this card in your 10 probably. And, you know, it's not going to come out that often, but when it does come out, it's just going to be a fun time because you're giving him this giant healing factor on top of all of his little little bits of healing factor and things that he does, you know? So I find it very cool. It's nothing outrageous. It's nothing game breaking. It's nothing like super right. meta. It's not like a Carnage rules where it's like, yeah, you probably should play it if you're playing Carnage. It's just good. It's just solid. And I, I'm a big fan. Well, Jesse, it's time for... My favorite part, where are we taking Omega Red? Okay, Chris. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the teams he's actually on in the game as the affiliation list stands right now, like we always do. He's on two teams. It's the Criminal Syndicate and Cabal. So respectively, that also means he's on every version of the Criminal Syndicate team, Shadowlands and Kingpin. And he's also on every version of the Cabal. That's Sin, Red Skull, Cabal, Red Skull, and Malekith Cabal. So he's on all these teams. And genuinely. He has a place on all these teams, especially the Kingpin criminals and the Malekith Cabal. 
because the Malekith Cabal, when someone gets dazed, you get all these triggers, you get a power, you get a short move, you get a little heal. I mean, that just turns him online even more. But also Kingpin, you Chris has already alluded to it. We've talked about it. We love it. And we love him in this team because he is a side point holder. He's counting healthy. He's counting as two people. So now your opponent really has to actually genuinely deal with him. They can't ignore him, right? And he's doing poison. He's doing his death spore virus damage. He's pulling people off points and he's healing with his strikes, just creating a genuine problem for your opponent to deal with. And that's always your goal with criminals is making them deal with their characters. And also he kind of fits their theme of tanky characters that don't do much damage that just Sit stay around. Hold, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes too much sense, right? Yeah. He's tailor made for those teams. All right, Chris. So that's his actual teams. And it's obvious you're, you're going to play affiliated characters in their actual teams. I, I highly recommend anybody trying affiliated characters in teams that you haven't tried. I mentioned top of the show. I'm currently doing that with Cable and X-Men. He can be very good. He can. Yeah. It's like just because he's better at X-Force doesn't mean you shouldn't try him in X-Men because he is affiliated. So Omega Red's like that. I think you should be trying him in these Cabal and criminal rosters and seeing what happens. But we've got to move on to some fun splashes. I always throw out some random teams. First team comes at the very top, Asgard. He's very fun in Asgard because at the top of a turn, you can remove a condition or damage from him with Asgard leadership Mm. on top of his ability to give out conditions to enemies and heal himself with his attacks and do displacement. You know, Asgard is all about control. Like They are a team that's all about controlling the opponent, and he really adds to that. So try him out in Asgard. It's just a fun place, and um, I think it works really well. But moving on, there are some teams that thematically feel right, but he's not on the affiliation list. I mean, Mystique Brotherhood comes to mind where it's like, yeah, he is kind of a side point holder and there is some synergy with her leadership, but even more synergy with Magneto and his leadership where it's like, he just always has the power to do all the superpowers he needs to do. Yeah, constantly displacing, constantly exactly uh, doing the auto pain. Yeah, gross. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, a couple places I've played him and had a lot of fun. Convocation, it seems weird, but him getting that place from the leadership absolutely huge him getting four mystic on his defense on that ironbound books turn he's using his mystic defense he's getting tankier right and he actually adds some of their play style as well with giving them some much needed control they do have some control but it's like getting more control and giving a tanky character which they don't really have is, is a nice piece and it worked out well and he also can pull people into strange and ancient ones like death area right like that's really he's not doing the damage but your other pieces on your convocation team are now He's fine in Red Skull Cabal. I mentioned that's a team where he's on. He gets more power that helps him. Um, same with Dark Dimension. He gets more power. He's doing more things. But I think a couple interesting places to end the show on Defenders. I think it's a very interesting place because now you're changing his strikes to potentially hex the opponent and you're choosing the defense type of your opponent that is weakest. So you're actually making him do more damage because of Strange's empowerment, right? His mystic empowerment but also he kind of does fit the defenders play style a lot because defenders do kind of like these c shapes these e shapes and things in a lot of scenarios so it's actually a pretty cool place for him and also the theme is kind of cool because he's he's not really a good damage dealer but and his attacks are only physical which is the most represented defense in the game but now you're kind of getting around that one weakness of him you're choosing 
to change it to energy or mystic against an opponent who's weaker against one of those things. I think it's very cool. But the final two places, I think he actually generally fits the best. I'm going to start with Inhumans. Inhumans, they're all immune to poison. So yeah. you're just like, I'm drawing the Terrigen Mist. I am playing the team that works best with some combination of my Inhumans and Omega Red, and we're going to not take any negatives from the Mist. You're going to take all the negatives from the Mist. And on top of that, they have one of the best leaderships in the game, passing power between each other every turn between characters. So if he doesn't have that two power to do his Zespor or his pull, well, he does in, in humans because you're always planning to pass the power to him, right? So it actually turns on his kit and keeps him very consistent when his strikes are not consistent on top of having cool synergy with kind of their play style and the, yeah. obviously the mist, which we've already said he is this weird character that's pretty good on his own, but he's a specialist at one objective in the game. <laughs> it's interesting. It's cool. I mean, the theme is right, right? And closing out with that thought around the mist, we're going to talk about why he got better recently, and it just makes too much sense. Hydra. I mean, the theme feels right, too. Oh, on okay. But Baron Strucker Hydra, I'm going to read it over here because it is kind of complex leadership and also it's complex to kind of wrap your head around Omega Red, but we're going to the team. So the Hydra High Council is Baron Strucker's leadership affiliation Hydra once per turn. After an attack made by an allied character is resolved, if the attack dealt damage, the allied character who performed the attack may use Strucker's leadership. Choose one special condition the allied character has. If the defending enemy character does not have the special condition, it now gains the special condition and then the allied attacking player loses the special condition. This is less pertinent with Omega Red because this doesn't actually have synergy with his poison because he's immune to poison. So he's never going to have poison to pass it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But there is interesting stuff with this in mind around Omega Red before we get to the second clause, which is much more interesting for Omega Red. But there is interesting stuff where it's like, oh, we're playing Mist and my Zemo got poisoned. Well, Zemo's passing the poison off, not poisoned anymore, which is great for Zemo. But more importantly, he poisons someone and Omega Red's right there and there's more people poisoned, right? Right. So there, there is still synergy with Omega Red on either objectives with poison or fighting teams with poison. You know, maybe you see a Baron Mordo on the enemy team or something. So there, there's interesting things there. But the second part of Strucker's leadership is why I think he's genuinely interesting in the team. Additionally, once per turn. So this is one of those dual leaderships. When an enemy character gains a special condition, the allied character that caused that special condition may re remove one damage from itself. So he's getting additional one more healing factor, essentially. <laughs> because if you're playing a Mega Red right, you're always given out of poison by either moving people to your range or moving to them and giving them poison. So it's kind of like giving Omega Red healing factor one on top of all his other stuff, right? In this leadership. It's very cool, right? It's, I mean that is very cool synergy. I, I would really like to uh I would really like to experiment with that. Give it a try. Okay. Yeah, we'll build some up. I've got this built right now and it's it's Hydra's one of the next fun projects. And I I, I yeah, it's I very believe cool that. because Omega Red's biggest strength is his staying power. And through some hoops you have to jump through in the Hydra condition, he can essentially heal two more damage off of himself on top of the things that already heal himself for damage, which are his strikes. So if you do things right in Hydra in the right order, he's getting more healing from both parts of this leadership. And I'll, you know, what do you know? Hydra wants to play Terrigen Mist. So he slots right into their team. You're definitely, I mean, if the games go right, you're definitely getting more than four threat value out of this character when you've stacked the deck in your favor, like you're talking about with using the Hydra affiliation, but yeah. using these, these characters that synergize well, uh, these crises that synergize well with his kit he's really a a high payoff kind of character 
but at the same time, he's just he's never going to, you know, swing the game himself. He's another no. one of those incremental type win characters where you're just yes, where, where so you are just getting more value out of your four than they are their five or like yep. you said earlier, they're three and they're two, you know, things like that. It, it's just outvaluing your opponent. And he's really good at that when the conditions are correct. Yeah. It's like he's killing the two and he's shutting down the three, right? And he's winning that side, right? So I find it very interesting. Um, there's obviously cool synergy with him and Hydra too, where it's playing something like the Fisk Witnesses that give you stun and deal damage to you. And then he's passing the stun off with Shrekker leadership on top of strike that he's healing. There's a lot going on, right? Um, that's getting him tons of healing factor. And that's that's Baron Structor's leadership. And I also don't think he's bad in Red Skull leadership either, because Red Skull leadership is essentially if you're playing the game, you get additional power in the power phase. If you're securing objectives, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and like you get additional power. So if in Red Skull Hydra, Omega Red's as a guardian, essentially, because you are always playing Omega Red on a secure correctly. Like you're not sending him off the middle of the map and chasing somebody down. He's, he's just not doing that. He, he is very slow. He's very stationary and that's okay. That's, that's fun part of his kit. And you did mention Chris, he's very incremental and incremental is a good way to say it. He, he has the staying power that's incremental tax on your opponent. And of course that's the Hydra play style, which is very interesting, but also closing out our discussion on Mega Red, he is not very complicated to play but he is very complicated to play well. And I find that very interesting. Like he's not like a very high, crazy high level character, crazy difficult to play, but you do want to get these poisons off in the right way. You do want to pull at the right time. You do want a death factor at the right time. You don't want to hurt yourself too much from the death factor, right? You want to strike when you need to strike and you want to spend her when it's absolutely necessary. So he's not a click and play character, but he's also not like some, he's not Dr. Voodoo where his entire card is just text, right? So there's a lot that I find very interesting about that kind of play style and design. And I think AMG kind of knocked this character out of the park and he is, there's a lot of nuance to his kit that is not in our discussion today that you don't even realize till you get him on the table and play him. And he's, it's a feeling, you know, it is that tax on your opponent more than anything. Right. And sometimes attacks can be more than even tangible in game. It can be mental on your opponent. Absolutely. Getting someone frustrated because they can't use any superpowers or, <laughs> or can't him. flip him can't flip him to his to his uh injured side or they might make some bad plays bingo and they might use a spender because they're frustrated oh. trying to get him off the table and you know it's always always a good thing yeah absolutely so i find him very interesting and one of the cooler characters in the game and closing our discussion like we always do this sculpt it's very it's good. cool it's evocative of the characters the tendrils are coming out He's got his top knot ponytail and his very, you know, it looks good. And um, I feel like they knocked his face and body out of the park. I mean, he. Yeah, it's it's a really solid sculpt. Yeah, I love when AMG and then we've it's like beating a dead horse, Chris, when we're here. But it's like I love when AMG takes classic drawings and costumes. And that's what we have with this Omega Red. But it's it's realized in a modern high level detail format in a great minis game by a company with incredible sculptors. And I just love that. I love when I see like literally a nineties Omega red sculpt or a nineties Colossus sculpt, but they've done more detail work to it. You know what I mean? More pouches. Yeah. 
<laughs> more pouches, uh, more lines in the body. You know, there's a yeah. lot going on that um, add detail. And that's important in a character like this that's, that is armored up, that has tentacles, you know, that has some uh, robotic features to his zombie face. You know, there's a lot of things going on sure. that that's unique. So very happy with that. But yeah, that's been Omega Red. It's been really fun. And he's going to come up again in the future. You know, he is for us. Yeah, I think I mentioned it earlier, but. I, he's in a strong spot you mentioned, but there will come a time where he's just everywhere for a second or, or, or something you'll, you'll see a lot of maybe off meta splashes of him. The, the time is coming. I promise. Well, it's like if Hydra takes over and if Terrigen and maybe in humans come back with a vengeance, like there's a lot of things that could happen where it's like, when we get Karnak, it's, you know, it'll happen. You're going to see more mist, right? So you should be seeing more mega red when there's more mist in the meta. And that's just, that's just cool. Part of his kit. I find it's very love cool a mist meta. Miss Meta. Not really, because I never play Inhumans or Omega Red. So, no, it is frustrating to not gain power. Yeah. Yeah. Her immune to poison as well. Theory's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Theory's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Theory's Finest. Find us online and give us a follow. Follow us on Twitter at Theory's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Theory's Finest. Email us at Theory's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas collaborations and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice to help us out i say it every week but spotify listeners we see you you have been showing up in force one day you'll catch up to the apple reviews and that would be insane and that would just literally double our reviews so be sick if you haven't left us a spotify review yet and you use spotify we really appreciate that and if you haven't left us an apple podcast review and you use apple podcast we really appreciate that thanks to approaching nirvana for the show's music and help spread the word Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for uh, all of that you've already done. means the world to us. It really does. Of course, you can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram, at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. We'll see how long that website is around. Well, it's been a fun week doing Omega Red. It's it was a long time coming. He's one that we unfortunately had to put off because we're like, well, there's no other criminals right now. And then, of course, we got more criminals in the future. We kind of paired it all together. It's been fun, Chris. It's been fun to kind of dive into him. And I don't know. He's just one of those characters in Marvel. Always striking. Always a presence. Always recognizable. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent design. Just And he's paired with the right characters. So We're a sucker for great design here on this show. And we really are. So. And I think it's a big part of comics and Marvel. Absolutely. A lot of the characters that have fallen off over the years, obviously they weren't written well, but on top of that, they probably didn't have a good design and then they just kind of disappear. And there's a reason why the characters that are good design and well-written like are at the top and why even some of these characters that are lesser known come back into Vogue all the time, you know, because of their design was so good. They just weren't fleshed out at the time. I always find that interesting. And I feel like that's the universe we're going for and going to in the future, potentially with characters like Omega Red, with Dr. Voodoo, things like that, where it's like the design is so good. They just weren't fully milked out in the right way, or they just didn't have their time, like you said, culturally. And they are now, which is interesting. They're, they're Love having it. a bit of a resurgence. It's good. It's good stuff. But we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 